0: T8K
1: News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp, the headlines. Former Hong Kong Chief Executive Donald Tsang has his conviction quashed by the Court of Final Appeal. Protesters marched to consulates to put international pressure on the SAR and central government over the extradition bill, and the Civil Human Rights Front is going ahead with another mass rally tonight. Court of final appeal has quashed the conviction of former chief executive Donald Tsang who's already completed a 12-month jail term for misconduct in public office. Priscilla Wong reports.
0: In handing down sentence, the panel of five judges agreed that a lower court judge gave inadequate directions to jurors before they found Mr. Zeng guilty in 2017. Mr. Zeng, who was chief executive between 2005 and 2012, was jailed for 20 months for failing to tell the executive counsel about a property deal he had with a businessman whose company was applying for a digital license. The term was later reduced to 12 months by the court of appeal. The judges said the jury in the original trial couldn't agree if corruption was involved, so it was important that the judge instruct them to consider Mr. Zheng's motive for not disclosing the deal and decide whether he'd deliberately concealed it or didn't think it was necessary to declare. The Court of Final Appeal also ordered there should be no retrial as it wasn't in the interests of justice and Mr. Zheng had already served a full sentence behind bars.
1: In a statement, Donald Zung said he was incredibly grateful that a long legal battle spanning over seven years had come to an end. The former chief executive said he underwent a period of internal struggle over whether or not to take the case to the top court. He said he and his family were physically and psychologically exhausted and they had already spent almost all of their savings on legal costs. The 74-year-old thanked his family, friends, former colleagues and the people of Hong Kong for their support. He said he would continue to pursue a peaceful life in future. He added that it was his wife, Selina, who had insisted on clearing his name. He also wanted to make sure that his case would not set a precedent for the future and deter public officers from participating in crucial decision-making processes just to avoid remote potential conflicts of interest. Protesters are marching to 19 consulates today as part of a campaign to encourage governments joining the G20 summit in Osaka to pressure the SCR and central governments over the extradition saga in Hong Kong government shelved extradition bill has resulted in historic protests this month with calls for it to be scrapped altogether. An organiser of today's action, Mr Lau, says they'll be handing in letters to the consulates in a peaceful demonstration. We are going to visit the 19 consulates who will be joining the G20 summit in Osaka in the coming days. We are going to express our concerns and, and about the Hong Kong situation recently. We hope the 19 governments will express their concerns about Hong Kong's autonomy and the situation in Hong Kong in the G20 summit and to give pressure to the Chinese President Xi Jinping. These protesters explained why they're taking part.
0: We have no other options. We Hong Kong people have done already our best to express our views in the last two pro taxes and also the other gatherings and in any other peaceful way. And I think this is our last chance in the recent days that we can ask for help globally. I don't think asking for foreign country to help with our issue is a bad thing necessarily because this is about human rights, about democracy, it's whether a democracy is serving its justice or not.
1: Though Beijing has ruled out any talk of Hong Kong at the G20 summit in Osaka, the Civil Human Rights Front is going ahead with another mass rally tonight to lobby world leaders to their cause. The Front's vice convener, Bonnie Leung, says the chief executive, Carrie Lam, still hasn't addressed its demands, which includes scrapping the extradition bill and not classifying the June the 12th protests against the bill as a riot. Here's Ms Leung.
2: As Carrie Lam still hadn't met any of our demands, we decided that as the G20 Summit is coming on, we want to let the world leaders and also the international community to know Hong Kong people are so determined and very persistent to reach our goal. So we really want the international community to know our demands.
1: The High Court has dismissed an application by a Hong Kong resident to lodge a judicial review over a remark made by a police officer who allegedly told a pastor, ask your Jesus to come and see me, during a protest outside LegCo two weeks ago. The applicant, Alan Tam, demanded an apology from the Police Commissioner Stephen Lowe. Justice Anderson Chow says the case exceeds the scope of a judicial review and isn't reasonably arguable. The chairman of LegCo's Finance Committee is urging pan-democrats to meet with him and discuss how to approve as many government proposals as possible in the 49 hours of meeting time left before the summer break. Chang Kim-po says 44 items await Finance Committee approval, many of which are livelihood issues.
3: We should make the best use of the hours available by considering all of these items. Uh, which items are more suitable for more time, and some we can do it very fast. So that's why I've been asking for a meeting with them for so long. But unfortunately, they thought the meeting is not necessary. I hope in the next few days they will change their mind and let's discuss which items. Uh, more time we would put uh, so that we can fulfil the duty of scrutinising the proposal from the government.
1: Mr Chan also said he was surprised the government might delay its plan to partner with developers to build on vacant farmland in the New Territories because of the tense social atmosphere after the extradition bill saga. He said he was worried more plans might be affected.
3: I understand that right now is people are not calm enough to discuss things like that. So if there's a short delay, I think that's uh, understandable. But if I see the government totally scrapping the whole thing, I think that is wrong. When you have an issue that's controversial, it only means there are people supporting and people not supporting. So if the government think they are doing the right thing, they should try to convince instead of not doing anything at all. I think the worst thing to happen is to, in the next few years you see the government doing nothing because that's easy for the government people. but. When very bad for the Hong Kong people.
1: Democratic Party lawmaker James To says if the government removed its 500 million dollar funding request over the Lantau reclamation project, that would ease their
3: concerns. I cannot quite understand that why the government like the fugitive offender bill. Insist not to withdraw totally, but to suspend only the legislative process. Well, I call on the government to withdraw totally the item, FC item relating to the land Break uh, Reclamation uh, preliminary study proposal. Or uh, alternatively, I ask uh, the chairman of the FC, uh, Honorable Changin Bao, to ask the government to put aside uh, the item so that we will have a more relaxed, more peaceful, more comfortable time to scrutinize all other 40 odd items.
1: China has asked Canada to suspend all meat exports after discovering false veterinary health certificates attached to a batch of pork. Canadian police have launched a criminal probe. The Chinese embassy in Ottawa said a customs investigation that began after traces of banned feed additive were found revealed up to 188 forged certificates. US Special Counsel Robert Mueller has agreed to testify before Congress on his report into Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. He'll appear next month in an open session of the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees. The latter's Democratic chairman, Adam Schiff, said every American would now get to hear directly from Mr Muller. The pop star Sheryl Crow has revealed that the original recordings of her biggest hit albums were destroyed in a fire at Universal Studios. Is the BBC's Mark Savage.
2: 11 years ago, a fire at Universal Studios consumed a warehouse containing thousands of irreplaceable master recordings. At the time, the company downplayed the damage, saying most of the tapes had duplicates, but the New York Times now estimates that half a million songs were lost by artists such as Chuck Berry, Aretha Franklin, Sir Elton John and Cheryl Crowe. The singer has discovered that dozens of her unreleased songs were destroyed in the fire, but she says her loss is insignificant compared with the impact on the world's musical heritage.
1: US rapper Cardi B has pleaded not guilty to two felony assault charges relating to a fight at a New York strip club last year. The Grammy Award winner from the Bronx arrived at the New York Supreme Court waving to cheering supporters. 26-year-old is accused of ordering her entourage to attack two female bartenders. She was reported to have accused one of them of having an affair with her husband, the rapper Offset. Speaking outside the court, one of Cardi B's lawyers, Drew Findling, was confident she'd be cleared.
0: I know Cardi on a personal level. I know Cardi as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter, as a sister. I know Cardi B to be a decent and kind human being, which is why I've joined this defence team. The rest of the defence team, and most importantly our client, know that through this system, ultimately there will be a positive outcome in favour of Cardi.
1: President Trump's son-in-law Jared Kushner says agreeing an economic pathway forward is a necessary precondition for peace between Israelis and Palestinians. He was speaking at the start of a conference in Bahrain focusing on the economic aspects of the long-awaited U.S. peace plan.
3: Economic growth and prosperity for the Palestinian people are not possible without an enduring and fair political solution to the conflict. One that guarantees Israel's security and respects the dignity of the Palestinian people. The goal of this workshop is to begin thinking about these challenges in a new way and work together to develop a concrete plan to try and achieve it.
1: Now neither Israel nor the Palestinian Authority are attending the event. A painting believed to be a lost masterpiece by the Italian painter Caravaggio has been snapped up by an unnamed buyer two days before it was due to be auctioned in France. Here's the BBC's new Schofield in Paris.
0: This Judith and Holofernes was valued at more than a hundred million euros. No one knows how much it's gone for though because the details of the sale, the buyer and the price are being kept confidential. All that's known is that the painting will probably leave France to go abroad and that the buyer is a collector with connections to a well-known museum. The story of the painting's discovery is the stuff of dreams. In an old family house outside Toulouse, a leaking roof led to a clear out of the attic. The painting was found beneath the mattress. Believes it was probably brought there by an ancestor who fought with Napoleon in his campaigns in southern Europe. The attribution to Caravaggio is widely but not universally accepted.
1: Short time ago, the Hang Seng index was at 28,194, and that's six points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $34 billion. Currencies, US dollars trading at 107.47 yen, euro stands at 1 US dollar and 13 cents, pound is worth 9 Hong dollars and 90 cents. Sport now and here's Adam Churn. The
2: quarterfinal lineup for the FIFA Women's World Cup is complete. Seven of the remaining eight teams are from Europe, with the exception being the United States. China are out. They were beaten 2-0 by Italy in their last 16 match in Montpellier. Goals from Valentina Cecinti and Aurora Galli sent the Italians through to the last eight for the first time since 1991. They'll face the Netherlands, who needed a penalty and added time to get past Japan. 2-1. Lika Martin scored both goals for the Dutch side. Details from the BBC's Vicky Sparks.
1: This was so harsh on Japan, who deserved to progress after an excellent second-half performance. But Saki Kumagai's late handball, although there wasn't much the captain could do about it, gave Lika Martins the chance to slot home from the penalty spot to send the European champions wild. Martins had given the Netherlands the lead in the first half with a wonderful flicked finish before the Asian Cup winners fought back with a brilliant team goal, expertly rounded off by Yui Hasegawa. They hit the woodwork twice, but couldn't find the decisive goal. The Netherlands did, and they're through.
2: Defending champions Australia have beaten the host nation England to qualify for the semi finals of the Cricket World Cup. Australia batted first after winning the toss and posted 285 for 7 from their 50 overs. In reply, England were bowled out for just 221. Australia won by 64 runs with more than 5 overs to spare. England's third defeat of the tournament means the world's top ranked team now face a battle to reach the semi finals. Captain Owen Morgan knows they may have to win their last two group matches to
1: qualify. I think, again, we were left short with the basics. I thought Australia bowled well up front to make early inroads. Being 20 for three obviously sets you back quite a, quite a lot, but uh, to, to fail to build substantial partnerships that can contribute to chasing a score like that down um, is disappointing. I thought with the ball uh, we were very good up front, but failed, so I suppose, to, to make a bit of look or create a chance. We beat the bat a hell of a lot, having made Australia play, uh, play and miss, uh, which is, you know, it's rubber a green sometimes and we didn't have that and then the substantial partnership up front they, they capitalize on but I think probably from about 25 overs to 50 uh, we did extremely well to peg Australia back for a long time they were looking like getting 330 or 340 so the bowlers did a really good job there The New York Yankees have
2: set a Major League Baseball record by hitting a home run for the 28th consecutive game. DJ LeMahieu and Aaron Judge hit back-to-back homers to begin the bottom of the first inning. And the Bronx Bombers went on to beat the Toronto Blue Jays 4-3 at Yankee Stadium. It was the 11th time in Yankees history that they've started a game with consecutive home runs. And that's your look at sports.
1: To end the news, the top stories once again. Former Hong Kong Chief Executive Donald Zung has his conviction quashed by the Court of Final Appeal. Protesters marched to consulates to put international pressure on the SAR and central governments over the extradition Bill, and the Civil Human Rights Front is going ahead with another mass rally tonight. The news from RTHK. <laughs>